Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is 1 p.m. here in Crystal Lake, Illinois. That means it's time for another live stream. Today is Tuesday, September something, September 5th, 2023. And uh, after a very long hiatus, I am back. I went to uh, Budapest for about a week to watch the second half of the World Championships uh, in track and field. And then I went straight from there, pretty much straight from there to Chamonix, France to go watch UTMB. I didn't run, of course, in any of at Corpus, I didn't run in world championships, but I also did not run any of the races at UTMB there to uh, take in the fan experience. Uh, and now I got a lot of stories and now I'm back. So it's good to see you guys. It's been a very long time uh, since we've had any podcast. So I want to say hello to everyone on the audio only version. Welcome back. I guess welcome back to me, but it's good to hear talk to you guys again. So hopefully you're enjoying it and hopefully your runs have been going well. My wolf told me that one week I was gone, the weather was really nice. And one week I was gone, the weather hasn't been. So hopefully by the time you're listening to this, the weather's good again. It's really hot right now, but I think tomorrow the heat's supposed to break. So one more day, guys, or maybe today is a nice weather day for you. And everyone watching this later but not live on YouTube, welcome to the number one running live stream podcast to listen to. If you want to hear coverage of both world championships and UTMB in the same episode, I I want to say that there's not a lot of people that could do that, but actually I saw a lot of the same people in Budapest and Chamonix. It was actually a little bit surprising. A lot of the same photographers for sure. Um so that was a little bit of a surprise, but let's get to see who's uh, in the chat. We got runner Will here says, welcome back. Co. I'll be driving, but listening to the audio would not miss this one live. Thanks. Will. hopefully you're doing well. Daniel Burton says, welcome back. And Michael Carrico says the thumbnail picture that I used today uh, is a picture of a man who knows how to use his trekking poles. <laughs> I did not actually, you know, the funny thing is um, the picture that I used for the thumbnail for this uh, live stream, I brought the trekking poles with me, but I didn't actually use them a single time on that one. I did use them on another day. I went for a run with Alex Felitti. Remember, we did the training plan swap. Uh, he was there in both uh, Budapest and Chamonix, but we went for a run together. And uh, we went for a run where we're like, oh, let's just go explore. Let's go up, run up this road. And it was <laughs> it was a road just straight vertical. It was like an eight or nine, sometimes more, percent grade. And after an hour, we stopped. So like about a little short of three miles. We just turned around and then ran back downhill because he had to meet someone for uh, for a meeting at, at 1030. So we were running out, literally running out of time. But uh, on the way up, we were just power hiking most of the way, trying to run what we could. But we both had our trekking poles. And that was my first time using my very own trekking poles. I was able to uh, get it figured out. And it wasn't that bad. I actually kind of liked it. Uh, Sean Devlin says, hey, everyone. And welcome back, Kofuzi. Never realized how boring my job was until I had nothing to look forward to every afternoon. <laughs> Happy to chat. Again. All right. Well, I'm glad I can make the workday go by a little bit easier. Eliza says, hi, Kofam. It's been 84 years. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, was, it was a really long time. Um, let's see. This is a good question. CV76 says, am I going to upgrade to the new Sony cameras? I do think that I need to get um, some different camera equipment. That became very clear to me um, in Chamonix. Um, depend, it, it's going to depend on how I am um, filming and covering a race. Uh, in Chamonix, for a lot of the stuff, I mean, I was on the course for a little bit, but a lot of that course is just not that accessible for a single person to do uh, in the course of one day. Um, and so. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys watched um, 
series runners coverage of uh, him trying to crew Sage Kennedy in TDS. Um, it was very difficult to kind of get around. Um, and even at one point, uh, we had a van that was driving us around, Craft uh, did. And then um, I ran into Simone, Simon, um, um, from Esso Acorere, Esco Esso Acorere, um, who was also in both Budapest and Chamonix. And he was like, my van just left me. I don't know how I'm going to get back to Chamonix. I'm like, I think we've got room in ours as long as Craft's okay with it. And we acted so like people are hitchhiking rides, doing all sorts of stuff to get around. Um, but there, when I was like stuck at the finish line, because you didn't want to lose your spot. Um, <clears throat> so like one day, I just was like at the finish line for like six hours straight, seven hours straight. Um, and I wanted two different angles. I wanted two different lenses to use, but I only had one camera. So I was like taking footage with one lens, quickly switching to the other. And that was like not ideal. So I'm thinking about getting a second camera to bring around for events where I know I'm going to be more stationary. So yeah, I'm thinking about getting another camera, but I'm just like, I've got two Sony a 6,000 series cameras, which take great photos, but not great video cameras. And I've got the FX 30. Do I need another FX 30 or do I get one of the new ones they announced? I'm not sure. I'm very intrigued. I'm definitely going to be doing a lot of shopping because there's more events that are coming up, you know? All right. Um, someone's talking about the heat here. Where we go? We got someone had Rob DiGennaro says seven mile lactate threshold tonight in the 80 degree heat. Seven miles at threshold. Um, not looking forward to it. He says, I know Rob, uh, be careful out there, man. It's really hot. I just got a notification that my daughter's cross country meet today was canceled. So she's had three cross country meets so far while I was gone or two so far. And today was gonna be the third one. The first one was canceled because of heat. Second one, she did really well. She beat her last year's PR by like five minutes. Um, and then, I mean, five minutes, it's crazy for like a two mile race. Um, and then uh, today's was also canceled because it was just so hot, which I'm glad. I'm really glad. All right. Uh, Sleeve Singers here says, hey, Co, so great seeing you. Awesome coverage videos. You're the best. Thank you. By the way, I'll be shipping you some instant coffee just like see your reaction just one more time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, the instant coffee at the hotels. The only instant coffee I saw in all of Europe, which I feel like that's the last place I expected to see instant coffee. But uh, it was all in Geneva. But I was staying at airport hotels, and I think I just think that's what it is. It's their, their airport hotels. Even the nicer ones are still airport hotels. And so, but here's the thing: I was at the airport. The airport is less than five kilometers, like three miles away from all the stuff by the lake. So, like, you could totally save a little bit and not stay close to some of the more scenic parts of Geneva. I didn't, I didn't think it would be a problem, but the city's like a lot smaller than I was expecting, like geographically small, you know. Uh, Funeral nineteen seventy seven says it was really sad to see Ben Parks had to pull out of the race with stomach issues. I was really bummed about that. I was because you could track people on the race, and I happened to like just see him like just before the race was going to start. I was actually like. I felt bad because I'm like, oh, I think I'm talking. I'm si I was sitting here talking to him, and uh, I'm like, I think you're supposed to be lined up by now, because the lineup at UTMB. I don't know if you guys knew this, but there's no corral system at UTMB. Either you're an elite bib 300 or below, or you're not. And like, uh, there's no like corral system based on ex expected finishing time or bib number or anything like that. So some people were sitting out there by the start line for like four hours before the race even started. 
and it was very sunny and hot the day that UTMB started. What was that Friday? I think. Um, I didn't even want to stand in this in the sun, and so like I would always look for shade. But Ben was smart. Ben and Sarah, um, they didn't line up until like the end, which I guess meant that that kind of means you have to like you're kind of walking out of town, and the first big ascent, you're kind of stuck behind everyone. But I also feel like it's a 170 kilometer race. It's, a, it's over a hundred miles. Do you need to be in a rush? I'd rather just chill out in the shade somewhere and relax. So, but yeah, I was following them. And then I saw that he had, um, uh, dropped out of the race. And then I wasn't sure what was going on with Sarah's because I was like watching it. And there was a couple of parts where it just didn't look like she was moving. Now, granted the app had some problems throughout the, the course of the race. Um, and so it wasn't really updating some people's times very well. Um, and I thought, well, maybe she had dropped out too. But then like later on, I saw that she was still making progress and she made it in under the cutoffs. So really cool. I, I wasn't in town anymore to see her finish, but um, really cool to see her make it all the way around, seeing some of Ben's footage. Mm. Adam first says... Did I connect with I Run Far? I don't think I did. I met a lot of people over the weekend uh, in the trail space. Um, and I just don't, I'm not that, I don't know that I would know who I Run Far is if I met them in person. I don't even know if it's a him or a her or a team. I think, is it a team? I actually don't know. I did get to meet Dylan Bowman in person at a Hoka party one of the nights. Um, did you guys know that he's really tall? He's very, very tall. He's, he's got to be like 6'2". Um, I was either that or maybe I was standing on an incline. I don't know. But I just remember him like towering over me. I was, I was kind of surprised by that. Mm. All right. Ray Martin coming in with a um, race result. He said, hi, all PR'd yesterday. Nice work. <laughs> on an unofficial half of 201.16 with hot and hilly. He's working towards a sub two hour half and then a sub four marathon. All right. Great job, Ray. You're so close. 201.16. Very, very close. Good job. Mm. All right. Terry Furlong says, can you give my youngest son, Doug, a cowbell? He completed Ironman Wales on Sunday. Great job. Great job, Doug. Uh, and he said it'll make him laugh. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. Great job. Ironman. In Wales, nice. Um, Cosmic Final Michael says, "Hello, everyone. Watching the live stream. I didn't realize they play dramatic music as the UTMB winner runs the last kilometer. Um, let me tell you what. It's not just for the winner. So, you if you stand at the finish line, you hear that song like a dozen times. So it's funny because at some at one point, so they played it for like Jim coming in." I think I, I know. I think this this I think this happened either during between number two and three for the women at UTMB, or maybe during CCC, the hundred kilometer race. There was at one point. There's enough time for like you. Well, typically there's enough time between all the finishers, at least the podium, for them to like they could take a little victory lap, give everyone high fives, and then they sit down for an interview. And um, at one point, like. The second place finisher had come in for one of the races. It wasn't for the men, because I don't think this happened to Zach, to Zach Miller. But it was like a second place finisher had come in. They were interviewing this person, 
I want to say, I don't, I don't remember which race it was. And they were talking. And then all of a sudden from the crowd, there's all this noise and they're trying to get the attention of the, the race finish line announcers and like the um, production staff. Cause they're like another racer was coming in. And so like they quickly stopped the interview and then they started playing that dramatic music again. <laughs> so that way it would be nice and dramatic and emotional when, when they, the third place finisher came in. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, all right. Steve Zabrowski says, welcome back from your world travels. Thanks. It's really good to be back. Um, I, Ended up coming back into the U.S. via Newark. And uh, at the Newark airport, there's like a New Jersey diner themed restaurant. And so, of course, I ate there and I had a giant coffee, which is like something that doesn't exist in Europe. So that was really nice. It was a good welcome home. <laughs> Daniel Burton says they need a better system for the start. I mean, I'm not going to complain because I don't ever plan on running any of these events. But it did seem a little bit off to me. Adam says, do any ultras have corrals? What's the rush? Yeah, I mean, I think most ultra races are small enough that you don't need corrals, right? So I don't think, I don't know enough about ultras to say for sure. Maddie Max says, UTMB is awesome. I'd love to see it broken down to some stage races. Maybe this already exists, like the Tour de France. Here's the thing. I wasn't aware of this, but um, I don't know if you guys follow Billy Yang. Billy Yang was like running through the, the Alps like the week before UTMB. And I was like, oh, that's cool. He's like doing a preview of the course or whatever. But there's a thing called the Tour. Not the Ultra Tour de Mont Blanc, but the Tour de Mont Blanc, which is like either a hiking or a running adventure. It's a hut trip. So like you do it in like four or five days or something like that. And you run from point to point. I think you just go from town to town along the route. Um, and so you could do it over four days in a more relaxed fashion. And that's something I'm interested in. Cause I just don't, I do not want to run any of that terrain in the dark. So um, I, I would definitely be interested in doing that. Um, but I would, I do not want to do the, um, the night part. I, I do think that it would be better I mean, I don't want to call it better. Again, I'm not going to try to change anybody. They could do, they, they've got a good thing going. People clearly like it. But like, I like the idea of stage racing. I like the idea of like stage running. I just, I just don't want to run at night. <laughs> and Calvin says, Co, did you try the Gravic Speed Ultra? Is that the new shoe that Adidas had out there? They did this huge thing. So like one of the, like one of the earlier first mornings that we were there, we were going to meet because there was a Terex group run. And we were going to go. So we went to go join them on this Terex group run. And we get to the meeting place and there's like 300 people in line. And we're like, this is going to be a crazy group run. I don't know how we're going to do this. But it turns out they were doing a giveaway for the new super trail shoe that they have. Um, I did not get to try it. I don't know that I'll, I, I have a feeling no one's planning on sending that one to me and I'm probably not going to buy it. But um, yeah. It looked pretty cool. Um, a lot of people had it on foot. Um, and they were giving away 100 pairs of them. So I got to see a lot of them while I was out there, but I didn't get to try it myself, if we're talking about the same shoe. Mm 
Luis says, 9 out of 10 Mexicans in UTMB finished. And one of our first Tijuana natives also finished. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Mm. Daniel Burton says, is there prize money in UTMB? I don't know. I don't think that there's a lot, if there is. I Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that there is any. Someone else here will know. Adam Fear says, what's New Jersey cuisine roadkill for I-95? No, well, they had egg and cheese with Taylor Ham. Diner food, I feel like diners are a, a staple of what I would consider New Jersey fare. Uh, it's a, it's an institution. And I think it's, uh, I, I mean, I grew up going to do New Jersey diners, so I can wax poetic about it for a long time. But I also think that like New Jersey, and it exists a lot on the East Coast too, um, is kind of uh, emblematic of kind of the spirit of New Jersey and the East Coast versus say like on the West Coast or even in the Midwest. In the Midwest and the, and the West Coast, they don't really have diners. Um, they have different kinds of restaurants, but like the way that people like to eat in the Midwest, not so much in the Midwest maybe, but in the West Coast, uh, novelty is really, seems to be very much valued. Oh, I want to try this new restaurant. I want to go to this new place. Oh, there's a new fusion cuisine, mismatch, mishmash of different new things together. Whereas on the East Coast, it's like, I want to go to a diner, the same one that my parents took me to as I was growing up and the same ones that they went to with their parents growing up. The value and the beauty of the diner is not in the any one meal itself, but in the repetition of those meals over time. And uh, knowing that these are all family-owned restaurants and that these are families in the community. And so there's a sense of repetition and ritual that exists at the diner that I find to be absolutely beautiful. It's a place that you go to when you're five, when you're 25, and then when you're 55 and 85. And all those people will like it. I just like diners. Um, and Brian Lang says, ooh, New Jersey diners, did you get breakfast? Yeah, I had an egg and cheese sandwich with a giant coffee, even though it was 5 p.m. Well, it wasn't 5, it was 3 p.m., something like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Mm. Richard Wilson says, on the live stream, they said they stopped doing a countdown for the start to avoid a stampede. Yeah, it was it was pretty intense. I mean, I think there's like 2,500 runners or something like that. It's incredibly small amount of number in the scheme of big races, but like the, with the, how narrow the street is that they funnel everyone through in the beginning, it just seems like an endless river of runners for a very long time. And so it was pretty cool. It's really, really cool to see. Eliza says, I did the hiking trip over six days. It was fun. See, I feel like I would like that. All right, let me scroll down to the bottom. I think I'm about to catch, have to catch back up with you guys. Peter Kirk says, would you go back to UTMB? I think so. And I think if I were to go again, um, I would I would want to do it. I mean, I had a really great time this time because we went on, we took the cable car up to, uh, we took the Midi cable car, which takes you halfway up a mountain. And then we ran across to where there's a train. And then we ran from the train station down the mountain. So it was like about 700 feet of uphill on the top part and then 4,800 feet of running downhill to get down. So it was a wild run. Um, and it was really just absolutely stunning. Like I'm spoiled now. I don't think I can like going anywhere else would be like, these are nice trails. 
You know what I mean? Those mountains look pretty. The mountains there were just uh, insanely beautiful and like just majestic and, 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 and like foreboding and mean and angry. And then like the terrain that we're running on, just like, it, it just didn't make sense. Like I, I didn't understand what was happening. Um, and so it was like a weird, it definitely felt like a simulation the entire time. It was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing to run there. And I would like, I would love to go back because like the energy from the week is really great. But like, I think that, you know, I'd love to go back and spend more time in some of the other towns. Like we didn't go to the start of any of the other races like OCC or CCC, but I think I would like to go and see like the start lines of those races as well and uh try and find a way but like i don't want to like spend the entire time chasing after runners it's very stressful um but also at the same time it's like i was there and like there's kind of racing happening the entire time but um it's just kind of like i was like i don't know people finishing something i don't know i think these are occ finishers you know and so it was just kind of i felt very disconnected from a lot of that uh, so i'd like to be able to see some of like the other towns um and the other thing that i didn't get to see like like the clips are starting to come out now of like the craziness of the, like the parade that was following Courtney Dalter around. Like I didn't see any of that. Like people were not like wearing costumes and throwing off like colored smoke grenades um, and waving flags for like Jim or Zach Miller. They just weren't. I did see a funny children's stampede uh, in Triant when Jermaine, uh, I forget his last name. Uh, Jermaine Granger, when he came through, it was super cute. Um, but I didn't see any like the wildness, you know, and or the like any of the night climbs either. Like as much as I hate being outside at night, but um, so like I kind of want to see more of like the weird, really, really weird side uh, of it. But I also was like, I don't know. It always felt very like weird being around some of them because like towards the end and Valor scene following Jim around the crowd started getting really rowdy and i'm like uh, i don't feel safe here <laughs> this is really weird um it was it was getting really rowdy so but like so i'd like to experience there's a, definitely like more to unpack there i could see why people go back i don't know that i like would want to go like make it a yearly thing but um i would definitely like to go back and try to experience some some other things as well but really what i want to do is go back to chamonix to run more you know All right, we got a running shoe question of the day. Yeah! <laughs> Jerome Manicia says, "Hello, is the Adios Pro Three at one eighty a better marathon racer than the Vaporfly Three at two fifty? Um, I haven't tried the Vaporfly Three, so I'll answer based on like the Vaporfly Two. Um, ah." Uh, I really like the Adios Pro 3. And so I think there's very different um, preferences that can come to play when you're comparing the Adios Pro 3 versus the Vaporfly. I feel like the Vaporfly uh, favors more like midfoot strikers better than the Adios Pro 3. And then the Adios Pro 3 is more for forefoot strikers. I feel like the Adios Pro 3 feels a little bit heavier, but I feel like there's just a lot more of a bounce, like a pad at the forefoot that you can like just stomp on and go. The Vaporfly 3 is more for like, just like really fast turnover for me. It's almost borderline like a half marathon shoe. 
So I think it's going to come down a lot to preferences. But $70 is also a lot of money. The, uh, I think a more interesting question might be, like, okay, so I'll answer your question. Adios Pro 3 at 180 versus Vapor Fly 3 at 250. I might go with the Adios Pro 3. Now, I think the more interesting question is like Adios Pro 3 at 180 versus like you can get sometimes find Vapor Fly 2, depending on the time of year, at like 180, 200. Then I think that they're very close and it depends on really what your preferences are for racing. You know, some people are Ferrari guys, some people are Porsche guys. So like, it just depends. Uh, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Wayne says, we need a Kabuzi Run Club TMB trip. I've been thinking about that a lot. I've also been thinking about like the hut run hut, although like I just didn't like sleeping at 11,000 feet. But I've been thinking about like multi-day stage running, multi, or I guess multi-running, multi-day running put on by like a tour group. So like I definitely like was looking at Billy Yang's trip and like, oh, here's the company that did that. So bookmarking that to take a look at that for later. So I'm kind of like, you know, thinking about that. Uh, Go Running with Oliver says, why were you in the cheap seats at World? Uh, those were the seats that ASICs had. They had like a sponsor section. So like as a sponsor, they got a bunch of seats. And so that's where we were on the second level. There's two tiers of the stadium. Um, but I did have credentials that let me go anywhere, any seat that I wanted to on the lower level, as long as no one was sitting in there. So if there was an empty seat, I could, I could sit in it or I could walk around basically anywhere in the stands. Um, I couldn't obviously just camp out like on the stairs, for example, for safety reasons, but I could go anywhere that I wanted with the credentials that I had. And so like for most of the race, I stayed up on that second level and because I have a long lens, it doesn't really matter all that much. And I found that I could see much more of the race better from that second level. Cause then I spent one of the nights watching the four by 100. Um, and I wanted to be at the, I knew Fred Curley was going to have the second leg. So I wanted to see him coming, running towards me. So I sat myself in that section. And that also gave me a shot, a viewpoint of looking at the pole vaulters because uh, uh, the men's final was that night too. So I felt like that was a nice place to sit down there. And I found that for any other events, when they were going around the track, I couldn't see the finish line very well. And so like, yeah, I could have been closer at some points, but it meant for some impaired viewing, depending on you know the part of the, track i wanted to see so like i that's why i ended up staying on that second level more often because like i could just see everything better from up there so i and i don't think those were cheap seats i don't think any of the seats were cheap <laughs> uh melvin yumeng says howdy co-fam trying to break one and a half hours in the half marathon in a week and a half shoe advice Vaporfly and X% 2 versus Alphafly version 1 versus Endorphin Pro 2.3, hoping to PR. I think I'd probably go... Um, the Vaporfly and X% 2 is a really fun half marathon shoe. I also feel like the Endorphin Pro 2 is a really great... It's perfect for half marathons. I think then I would put uh, Endorphin Pro 3 and then Alphafly 1. So that's my order. Eliza says, did you enjoy one place over the other? Budapest or Chamonix? Um, I enjoyed them both and they're very, very different cities. And they're also very different events that I was there for. I think I enjoyed Chamonix better because it was, uh, I could just walk everywhere and have to ride a scooter. Um, and the temperatures were much more mild. So I, was, I wasn't sweating the entire time. Like Budapest was really hot. It was a heat wave. Um, just incredibly unco uncomfortable the entire time I was there. 
Um, and Chamonix was just like everywhere you looked, it was just like gorgeous. It looked like a scene. Uh, I felt like I was in, <laughs> cause it was a, you know, part of it felt like I was in Arendelle, like in the movie frozen, but then another part is like everyone's speaking French here. So it felt like I was in beauty and the beast. So it just felt like I was in a Disney movie the entire time. It was just, uh, incredibly picturesque, but Budapest was also super fun. And I think it was a great place to host world championships. Cause like, Eugene is a very small place. And so like everyone was like, it's so hard to stay here. No one said that in Budapest. Um, and it was easy to get around the city. Uh, the city, there's, it's not like worlds took over the city, you know? And so like, there was still other like tourists and groups and going around and like young people just enjoying nightlife and summertime. And so it was still a, vi a vibrant city to be in. And so there was just a lot of good, like, touristy stuff that you could do um when you weren't at the track meet as well whereas at like in eugene it's like you go to the track meet and that's what else are you gonna do you go to the wild duck i guess you know so it's like no, i guess not anymore but like that's what you did and so like um budapest was great too uh and also like again it felt like you're on a set because you're just like i'm in this european city and it's unbelievable architecture um and uh it was really good both are really good. It's hard to compare the two, though. D apples and oranges, but both were great. But I did, I, I think, I mean, it would have been much harder of a question if Budapest had more pleasant weather. Uh, Jerome Anicia says the Courtney parade was awesome. I don't know. I'm looking at some of the footage now and I'm like, I, I definitely would not. I mean, I think I would like that, I guess if there that was following me around, but like, it's also like, it's also very like intimidating. I guess she's probably used to it by now, but like it was rowdy. It was very rowdy, rowdy. And then Zach Miller, Jerome says, Zach Miller noted seeing the Courtney parade. I didn't, I didn't see it at all. The guy behind the guy says, the serious runner video occurring stage shows how stressful spectating specific people can be, especially if you're relying on the buses. The same thing happened to, I was there with Ashley Mateo and uh, one of her friends was in town to run it and his wife and another one of their friends was also there and they were trying to crew him and like the bus system was so like very, very messed up and they, so like they didn't see him until like 24 hours into the race. No. But not until the fall. They were supposed to see him two more, two times like overnight, but they didn't see him till like the following middle of the mo next morning. So like, yeah, like 15, 16 hours into the race. So it was, it was, pe 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 people were very stressed out about it. All right, Steve says, yo, what's going on? Welcome back. My gym has new treadmills, six virtual road locations in Chicago alone. Oh, that's cool. The bean was too busy to run under. That's funny. That's cool. Albert says, would you suggest the Kraft Nordlight Ultra as a bring one shoe for travel shoe? That was pretty comfortable to wear. I actually prefer the Nordlight Ultra Trail. It has, I mean, not, it has beefier tread. I think that's pretty much it like the midsole i think is the same 
but um the upper is a little bit more comfortable especially for like uh, for standing around in for just wearing casually as well the north the crap nord light ultra trail i think is going to be my cross-country meet shoe last year was like the peregrine 12 but this one is just it can be out on the grass it's very comfortable to wear casually um, and also it has a beaded foam insole i think the nord light ultra does as well but the nord light ultra trail also does it's like a beaded eva have you seen those before like you flip it over and it's like white pellets in this yellow foam it has that in it and it's really comfortable so i think the nord light ultra trail definitely could be it but if there's not going to be any grassy surfaces you're going to run on the nord light ultra also works Daniel Britton says, how did I get on the track? I got on the track because there was a tour. Um, that's how I got on the track and Eugene as well. Uh, for Eugene, it was cool because like it was a much smaller tour group that I went on. Um, and the Eugene tour, like we got to see like the call rooms, like the warm up areas, like underneath the track, the athlete areas, like we got to see like a lot of stuff. For this one, it was a much bigger group that I went with. I think there was two smaller tours, like on the days that I wasn't there yet. And then they did one last like kind of big tour. But the tour was essentially we got to go stand on the metal stage where they gave where they did the metal ceremonies. And then we got to go in and like do a lap around the track, which was great. You know, I don't need much more than that. It would have been cool to see like the queue room um, and stuff like that. But they didn't they didn't take us there. But um, yeah, so I got to go on a tour and they let us run around the track. Um, they said, you can go around the track, don't stand on the grass, don't ring the bell. And I had no intention of doing either of those things until they said that. And then I was like, I want to stand on the grass. A lot of people were standing on the grass because they wanted to stand by like the world record thing. Like when you set a world record, you know, or like a national record and it, that big sign thing, and they wanted to go stand by it, but I, I didn't do that. So. Mm. Shannon's here. She says, Hey, CoFamsy, been so long, Co. You've been around the world and back. I, I guess I literally have. Uh, or at least, I guess, like a quarter of the way around, halfway around the world and back. It's been it's been a long journey. I'm, I'm happy to be home. It was good to see my kids. Guys, my younger daughter, I've been gone for like two weeks. My younger daughter like came back a completely different person. It's weird, like when kids are in like a growth spurt phase, like just like a completely different human. Kind of looks like my younger daughter, but also like much taller. <laughs> it's been so weird. So weird. Mark Peterson says, why do you dislike the scooters so much? I'm sure I know why. And it's why I dislike them too, but I just want to hear you say it. It's because they're like, they're chaotic. It, well, the main thing is it's not safe, right? Um, in most American cities, like there isn't enough bike infrastructure. So you're just like, do you go on the sidewalk? Do you go on the road? like the parts that you would ride a scooter on the road in the United States city, an American city, like it's the most chewed up gnarliest part of the road. So it's super bumpy. Um, and then like in the U S they, you just park it anywhere you want. And so like when there's scooters in a city, it's just like litter everywhere. But in Budapest, like there's bike lanes on like every road, uh, or most of the roads that I was on, there was like a bike lane available. 
and uh, you have to park them in specific places. It won't let you like end the ride unless you park in a specific zone. And so like everything stays organized. So it's not a mess. It's not a disaster. So it's like, it's more like bike share, you know? And so it was like, so I liked it over there and it didn't feel as um, unsafe because there are so many bike paths and because it's a city where I think they're used to bikes or other like two wheeled vehicles existing in the same space as cars. And there aren't as many cars as there are in an American city. So it was just, it felt fine to do it there. Just everywhere else. It's just a disaster. I feel like Stevie's here six. Am I a scooter convert? It, I'll do it in Europe, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't like when I was in Baltimore with Ben Johnson for I believe in the run a couple of years ago, like he just wanted to take the scooters everywhere. Cause he's like, it's so cheap and it's so fast. And I'm just like, all right, but then I gotta have my phone out and look at the map while I'm running this thing and, and all that. And I just, and like cars are crazy in Baltimore. Driving in Baltimore is crazy. Think about how many times like Robbie's been hit by a car and stuff. And then you throw scooters in the mix. And it's just, I've never felt safe doing it. Mm. Karen Williams says, have you started planning for any Chicago marathon meetups? Side note. Thank you for all your video on the race. This is my first marathon. I feel a little prepared. Awesome. Yeah. So we're going to do something, you know, details for that kind of stuff. Isn't going to come up for anyone. Uh, until you get a lot closer. That's just the nature of how these things tend to go. But you guys can pencil in Saturday morning. We'll do a pizza shakeout. Um, we'll meet not at the bean because you can't meet at the bean right now. It's under a renovation. Why they couldn't wait a month before they started tearing that thing up because it's going to take like a year or half a year to fix it anyway. I don't know why, but uh, it's under renovation. So we'll meet somewhere else. Maybe the fountains that are over by the bean. Um, and then we'll run up to get some pizza and have some pizza afterwards. Deep dish if you want. The Malnati's, I think it'll be like last year. Some t-shirts. We were talking about the t-shirts in Budapest. So we'll probably have some t-shirts too. That's the plan. Um, and then I'm also talking with um, another company to do just like a meet and greet. So that way there's a, there's a running meetup and then a non-running meetup too. That'll probably be Friday. So if you're going to be in town, that'll be Friday. But like we're nailing down all the details now. It might still be Saturday, but probably Friday. Seatown mm. fans says, how are the prices in Budapest? The prices in Budapest are great. Um, I was messaging Megan Murray about it. She's like, how's, how's Worlds? I'm like, she's like, how's Worlds in Budapest? I'm like, it's great. It's just as fun as it was in Eugene, except the beers here are $3 or $2. It was, it was nice. The strange thing is, it was easier to get pizza in Budapest than it was to get like Hungarian food. Same, same thing in Chamonix. It was pizza. Every other restaurant is a pizza place. And then not a lot of places actually. Sure. There was like a couple of French restaurants or bistros. Um, but like most every place just serves. I think it's a touristy thing. There's just pizza everywhere. Souvenirs. Yes. So I got for my younger daughter, I got her the world championships mascot, a little stuffed animal. It's, it's called, it's called Yahoo or Yoohoo. I can't remember. I want to say, I want to say Yahoo. Um, and it is some sort of, um, deer reindeer type of creature. And then for my older daughter, we, I bought a giant cowbell, like a red painted decorative giant cowbell. It's huge. Um, so I got her that 
because I I needed it because I was cheering on the racers with this giant cowbell, and then I was like, you know what? I'll give it to my daughter. Make that be her souvenir. I meant to get her a T-shirt, but then I forgot until it was too late. JC said, "Which did I enjoy more, Buddha or Pesh?" I was on the Pesh side. I did not spend any time on Buddha. I mean, I did very briefly for a run, but I, we didn't get to do much over there. This the um the uh, the meet the stadium is on the Pesh side and. My hotel was on that side. We were right on the river, on the Danube. Um, and so it was kind of always kind of in that area. And there was like a park along the marathon route where like the ASICs stuff was. So I was kind of either there or in some of like the touristy kind of like um, plazas that were all kind of nearby. So I did spend most of my time in like a half mile radius over there. Mm, all right. Frank says, it seemed like Sage actually enjoyed himself. So great to see. Yeah, I did have a chance to meet up with Sage and uh, Serious Runner. Um, I actually saw them a couple of times over the course of the event. We went for a run together. And then I did a lap with Sage around the track. There's a track in Chamonix. Apparently, it's short. It's not a 400-meter track. It's like a 350, maybe, or a 300-meter track. Um, but yeah, it was pretty fun. We went. We all went for a run together. Um Nothing too crazy because it was it was really flat run. We just ran along the river that goes through Chamonix um, because uh, it was like the the day after TDS. I'm like, you sure you want to go for like a five mile run? He's like, yeah, I'm gonna get the legs moving. I was like, okay, like this is the one time that I can keep up with you on an easy day. <laughs> after he ran a hundred miles. <clears throat> Um, go running with us. Uh, Oliver says thoughts on Emily Sisson winning the USATF 20 K championships recently. Um, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the race. Um, I think that it's, um, I think that bodes well for her going into Chicago. Chicago's now what, like a month away. So like winning about a half marathon of a race, um, against a lot of a pretty solid American field, uh, I think is a, is a good signal. Good signal that her training seems to be going well. So, yeah. Mm, Dominic Smirnowski says, any plans to review the New Balance Super Comp Trail? I don't currently because I think either I have to buy it myself or I have to deal more with like New Balance. Remember I told you the whole thing with like the Super Comp Trainer version 2, which that video went out today, finally. Um. I was looking back through my emails and apparently they've tried sending me the super comp trail and I just don't want to go through all those again. And like, I've already reviewed like a dozen trail shoes this year, which is like six more trail shoes than I normally review in a year. So I don't know if I'll get to that one. Um, I did get to run in the craft new craft shoe, which I actually really like a lot. Um, it's very different than every other craft shoe. And so I got to talk to one of their lead design product people, about it and i'm like does this mean that this foam is going to go start going in all the other shoes or what you know so almost like it's good um so i really enjoyed that this the pure trail so i'll probably put a review out on that one because i did do a lot of running in that shoe um and it's really good so i get, i need to run in it same thing with that shoe what's the other trail shoe that i have that i want to oh uh trabuco max two the ASIC shoe. That's another one that like, I just needed to do some more Midwest trail running. Cause I have some like pretty cool, like mountain running footage of it, but I just need to round that out with some other, uh, more 
close to home footage and then those trail videos will come out too but like super trail it was there they were they were like showing it off in their booth they had like an exploded version of it which was cool to see because you could see the the curve on the carbon fiber plate for the energy arc um but i don't i don't know if i'm going to review that one maybe mm. elizabeth Orbendorfer says, I was sobbing when Jim and Zach ran into the finish line. Did you get to talk to any of the pros? I got to meet some pros, but um, not Jim, Zach, or Courtney. Um, I got to meet... Um, oh, I'm trying to complete back. Uh, I got to meet Tommy Rives, which was super cool, because uh, he's a craft athlete, and I was there with craft. Um, and then I got to... Uh, meet mk who ran who's uh, one of the co-hosts of the sub ultra podcast uh with danny moreno um she was super cool um i'd never met her before and then yeah so there's just like a lot of a lot of pros that i did meet um i mean I, pretty much everyone is, is is in town so it's pretty cool um i briefly met tim tollefson uh i had a chance to interview him before the race but i was just like i don't I'm like, I'm not prepared for a Tim Tollefson interview before the race. So I just, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to waste his time before, like two days before the race. So I was like, we don't, we don't need to do that. So I, I declined that opportunity. Um, yeah, but I didn't, I did not get to talk to very many. Well, I, I mean, I talked to MK after her race. She had to withdraw uh, from OCC. Um, but I didn't get to talk to like Tim or um, any of the Americans that, hit the podium after their races. So one mm. HP says, are we not getting a Nova Blast four this year? Uh, I, th I don't know what I'm allowed to say. I think we are getting a Nova Blast four this year. I, I don't know if I could say anything else in that. So stay tuned for that one. I don't have it yet though, but yeah. Zolt Lentz says local time in Hungary is 2033, which if I'm not mistaken is 823. Says your live stream is prime time. The kids are asleep. Time for a good running chat. Oh, awesome. That works out well. Thanks for watching. Uh, Eric Fensky says I did an out and back around the world. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And C-Town Van says, did you see that Ali Ostrander set a course record in his first trail 50K Ultra? I saw that she won a 50K Ultra that she just kind of decided to do at the last minute. I didn't know she set the course record. That's good. I'm happy for her. But also, like, it's also, like, isn't she serving a, she's, is she serving a suspension? I mean, I guess that only doesn't affect the tra tra trail racing. But I saw her video that she's was taking a masking agent for legitimate reasons for medicinal reasons didn't realize it was a masking agent and so now it's serving a suspension so mm. richard wilson says did you see the new rule in illinois for influencer kids they need to be compensated in trust i did not see that that's interesting um, I'll have to look into that. Not that my kids are influencer kids, but they're the kids of an influencer, but they're not influ influencer kids. Yeah. 
Let me scroll down, catch up with you guys. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Adam says, her suspension ended. She didn't announce it until it was over. It was an Ackley medication that happened to contain a masking agent. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Hannah Carr also saying she already served it. Ended end of August. Okay. Okay. All right. Daniel Burton says, do you still ride your bike? I just bought a Cannondale Quick 5. Uh, I, I pretty much only ride the bike on the on the trainer. I, I just don't love riding a bike outside. I just don't. I mean, I guess it's because it's like maybe, maybe it's not as scenic in the Midwest. Um, but it's just like the risk of getting hit by a car. My fear that I'll run it. I like have a flat tire like 40 miles from home. Like all that stuff is just, I don't know. It just seems like a lot. I fall down pretty much every time because I'm not good with clipped being clipped into the bike. Um, so, you know, I'm just, I like, I love being on the trainer. That's fun. But, um, I don't ride outside that much. Actually, I should have just bought it like the, the trainer bike instead of like a bike. I don't know. Uh, go running with Oliver says your podcast on relay is so great. Um, thank you. Uh, over the weekend, I think, or was it over the weekend? I don't know. I think maybe a week. No. Yeah. Like four or five days ago. Um, Tommy and I, Tommy runs and I have been doing a series called, uh, we don't know what it's called, but we just interview influencers and kind of go behind the scenes. Um, and Laura green was our most recent guest. That was a long conversation, but I felt like it was all pretty good. I mean, could have definitely been tighter, but, uh, had I had more time, I would have edited it down to maybe 45 minutes, but it was an hour and a half long. Um, and Gordon Waller says, did it surprise you that Laura green charges so much for an Instagram reel? Um, it does, it does surprise me, but good for her that she's getting it. And it's funny because like everyone I know has been like, Oh, them, they've been messaging me about it, about like, Oh, they need to charge more. So, um, yeah, I think that's great for her. Um, and it kind of makes me think a lot about like how I, how I, uh, approached pricing in my business before my other business that I had in terms of like, do I want to be busy or do I want to have good clients? <laughs> you know, like just taking jobs at even low prices just to say for the sake of having jobs, just eventually at some point just feels like a lot of busyness. And then you can, it's always risky when you start like charging more or what you're worth. Um, cause then a lot of people that you used to do a lot of business with will suddenly stop doing business with you. And so you have to believe that you'll make it up in the pricing for what you're losing in the volume. You know, it's always, it's always difficult. Um, and so it's like, you know, do I want to do these very, very, do I want to keep doing a lot of these very, very cheap jobs? And I'm not sure that I do. I would rather just make less money and build, 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 build. And then, you know, and then charge, worry about charging for stuff later when I get big. I mean, I'm not Laura Green size. She's got like 160,000 on Instagram. I'm at 50 something. So like, it's very different in terms of what I can charge for a reel. Also like her ability to charge for a reel is a little bit different than my ability to charge for a reel because the things that I'm most successful for, I don't take money for like the shoe ones. So that's a little bit difficult too, you know? Um, I, uh, yeah, I posted something on threads about like how a brand reached out to me about posting something stuff on Instagram. And I was like, I don't take 
money for 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 shoe stuff. So it's hard to then be like, oh, but I will take money for all these other things, you know. So it's been, I'm trying, and we're all trying to figure it out and navigate it. None of us know what we're doing, you know. All right. Um, <laughs> Steven C. Nineteen Eighty Four says, "I saw a TV show once where a comedian who was good at impressions acted as a fake agent for a number of years." I just need. To, I think maybe I need a real. I I don't. I keep going back and forth on whether I need an agent or not. I'm not sure. Um, all right. Frank says, it seems like they ought to do a better job with the meds tricking doping charges. Like you should be able to tell your pharmacist, I'm a pro athlete and they should tell you if the meds banned. Well, I mean, I think that for her part, Ali did take a lot of, um, the responsibility for it. She's like, I could have looked it up. Um, on the like the USADA webpage, I think you can enter in your medication and they'll tell you if it contains a banned substance or not. But she never did, thinking that an acne medication wouldn't trigger that, you know. And so she's just like, I should have known better. So she she owned up to it, you know. But it does. I mean, it's surprising. It's surprising, um, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. All right. I'm going to get going because uh, in a couple of minutes, I got to get ready. I'm going to be interviewing uh, Rory Linkletter um, about his performance at Worlds. It was pretty cool to see him out there running. So I'm pretty excited to talk to him again. So uh, I got to spend a couple of minutes preparing. I'm interviewing him at two. And then so that video should hopefully be up by tomorrow, maybe. Should be a pretty straightforward interview to uh, edit. So hopefully you guys will be able to see that. The next video that's going to be up is going to be the UTMB Runners Weekend or the Chamonix. I'm not going to call it UTMB runners weekend because i didn't run it you know i don't want people to think that i'm running it or that i'm going to cover it like you know like i run far would cover it you know or like freak trail would cover it i'm just i went to a couple of aid stations <laughs> you know, and then i had fun in Chamonix. so that's what the video will be about but that'll be, hopefully be done by friday we'll see i'm not sure what's today tuesday yeah maybe i'll have it done by friday I'm not sure. We'll see. All right. But I will see you guys tomorrow for another live stream. Same time as today, 1 p.m. Central time. Hopefully I'll see you then. In the meantime, be safe out there, everybody. Bye.